Hey everyone, I am Reva and just want to take a moment and thank you for listening to our studio podcast. Although we are here in Greenville, South Carolina, we are grateful for your support to see the message of Jesus go out all over the world. In case you are not aware, we have a YouTube channel, which you can find the link in our podcast bio. We hope you enjoy this week's talk and it encourages you and it helps you to be the human God designed you to be. So with that, let's get right to it. Awesome. Well, good morning, studio. Morning, morning, morning. Um, As we did say, I have been teaching these Bible study method classes on Wednesday. And so I told Candace yesterday, I will do a shameless plug. It is shameless. Very shameless. Okay. This week is the last week. Okay. It does not matter if you've not come to the first two. There's just a different method that we're teaching each week. So you all are welcome to come on this Wednesday, the very last week at 7 p.m. This is your personal invitation. All right, to come. But as we've been in the Wednesday night Bible study method um, classes, we've just been diving in on why do we study the Bible? We study it because we want to know God more, but we also want to just get deeper revelation about what he wants to speak to us through his word. So the talk that we're going to actually have today is literally talking about the power of the word of God. Okay. Um, There's power in the word of God. There's power in his words that he speaks to us um, as we're reading his Bible. I love the Bible. As Candace said, I was a Bible teacher at a private Christian school. But I kind of like really, really love Bibles. Okay, Bibles. So when I go to stores like the bookstore or Hobby Lobby, I want to buy a new Bible. But I have to tell myself, Reva, you already have every translation of every Bible at home. You don't need a new Bible. But, you know, sometimes they make them really cute and you want to get them. It's the same thing with uh, journals and water bottles. If anybody in here resonates with journals and water bottles, you have to tell yourself you already have enough journals. You already have enough water bottles. But I really, really love the Bible. And so when I see Bibles, I kind of get excited. And I was telling this to our uh, Wednesday class. I was like, I get excited when I see Bibles. And I'm like, I think I get giddy and I think I get excited because something in me and my heart and my spirit begins to remember times that I've had with God and his word. And I remember moments when, whether I was a college student in my college apartment back in Texas, I recall moments when I was living in Arizona, sleeping in a room without a bed, mind you. I remember those moments when I was in Reading um, at the prayer house, and I had these moments with God, with the word. And those moments come back to me, and it reminds me just how we have here at Studio, our tagline is what, where God and people meet, that God actually wants to meet us in the word. He wants to meet us in his word, and he wants to meet us because the word is powerful, and if this, you want to write this down, because we're going to move real fast today, okay? You want to write this down. The word is powerful, and it can change us. It can cure us, and it can comfort us, okay? So I I, I gave some alliteration today, so the three C's. It can change us, it can cure us, and it 
can comfort us. And the great part about this, when we open our Bibles, we just have to invite Holy Spirit into the process with us. When I open my Bible, I want to pray and ask, Holy Spirit, can you, what do you have for me today? Or I'm inviting you into this process of me reading your word so that I can be changed. So that you can come in and rearrange every part of my heart, every part of my mind. That you can give me your words. You can help me to see life from your perspective. And that's what the word can do for us. Now, the bulk of our time of day, I'm going to kind of take you actually through a few methods that we use in the Bible study method class. Um, and I want to spend time looking at Hebrews 4.12 today. But as I tell the people in our class, you can't just take a scripture and just look at that particular scripture without looking at it within context. And um, Eric mentioned this when he started to teach about Daniel. You want to be able to look at scripture within context, understand what's going on in the background, understand who's writing, who are they writing to. And so in the book of Hebrews, we actually don't know who the author is. Okay, so if you look at Hebrews and look in the grand scheme of the New Testament, you have the Gospels, you have the Acts, which recounts church history, and then you have all of these letters. Okay, and Paul did write quite a few of these letters, but when we get to Hebrews, they actually kind of wanted to associate it with him, but we just don't have an idea clearly of who wrote the book of Hebrews. But what we do know is that he talks about Timothy. So he has some relationship with Timothy and he has some relationship with the people that he's writing to. And he's writing to them to encourage them to endure in their faith and to be, to stay committed to Christ. Now, this is written around AD 70, okay? So paint the picture in your head, okay? Christ has died, right? It is after death, right? And it is complete, utter chaos. There is persecution taking place for Christians. And if this is written to um, a group of Hebrews, the writers tell us, not the writers, but commentators tell us that these people were actually questioning, do I actually want to continue with this Christian faith? Because this is actually kind of hard. Maybe I should go back to Judaism because it may be a little easier over there because it's all of this persecution that's taking place. And so the writer is saying, hey, no, 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 no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I want to encourage you to stay committed to Christ. And so you see a lot of um, Old Testament references in the book of Hebrews and a lot of pictures of him painting the accurate picture of who Christ is and telling the readers that, hey, Christ is always going to be worth it. All right. So we get a little background. We get a little context uh, for the book of Hebrews. And by the time we get to chapter four, um, verse two, he is writing to encourage them that, hey, I want you to remember that there's actually power in the word of God. There's actually power in his word. All right. So Looking at Hebrews 4.12, and that's slide number three. It says, for the word of God is living and powerful. Everybody say living and powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of 
of the heart. This is how the word changes us. So point one, the word changes us because the word is active. It's alive. And when we look at a phrase like the word of God, we actually want to dig a little deeper and try to understand, okay, the word of God is in a lot of places in the Bible, but we have to know that sometimes the, writer or the writers are using different words that kind of mean the same thing in our English language. So we can say the word of God, but in this particular portion of scripture, the Greek word for the word of God is logos. Everybody say logos. I was saying that wrong my entire life. I had to hit the little um, pronounce this thing in the blue letter Bible to tell me how to correctly pronounce it. So it's a logos. Everybody say logos. Okay, so logos is a word uttered by a living voice, the sayings of God, his teaching, his word, and we can look at it as the Bible in its entirety. Okay, now you may... Some of you Bible readers may be like, okay, well, John in chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the, and the word was, uh-huh, with God and God. Yes, all the things. Yes, you got it all right. Good job, guys. You passed the test. Okay? That is the exact same word that is used here. The word of God, the logos. He was talking about Jesus being the living word of God. He was the word, the entire Bible, in its entirety, made flesh. Okay? So the word is active. It is alive. Um, it is living and it is powerful. And when it's living and it's powerful, I think I heard Jeremy came in at the end of the team huddle in the back. He said, God is always moving. God is always on the move because he's always speaking. His word is always going out. His word is always, always looking to, to find someone's heart to rest in. And the word actually examines us. Okay? I'm moving, I'm moving fast. <laughs> the word examines us. And if we were to look back at Isaiah 55, 11, it talks about how the word will not actually return back void. It's going to accomplish everything that he sends out for it to do. Okay? So the word is alive. Everybody say alive. alive. Say it's active. Say active. Yes, it's alive and it's active. Go to slide number five. There is this commentator. His name is Matthew Henry. We'll say we may be related or something. Um, but he says it this way. He says, now of this word, it is said that it is quick. It is very lively and active in all its efforts in seizing the conscience of the sinner in cutting him to the heart and in comforting him and binding up the wounds of the soul. That's the word of God. The word of God is powerful enough to cut us where we need to be cut, but gentle enough to come in and heal us where we need to be healed. He goes on to talk about it being as quick as a light and it being a vital light um, and it being the living word. So in order for the word to change us, it has to be active. It has to be powerful. And it is now going to get to the point where it can cure us. And this is where we get a little woohoo. All right. All right. Stick with me. Stick with me. So. Go back to slide three for me. Looking back at that verse. It says, for the word is 
the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. When I was reading that, the word any kind of popped out at me, that it was sharper than any two-edged sword. That there's nothing that can pierce us to the core of who we are. Nothing else can pierce us as deep as the word of God. Nothing else can get to the core beyond the core of who we are like the word of God and I use the word cures us for that section because it's like the definition of cure is to come back from some type of infectious disease or ultimately I loved it was to actually restore back to health When we are walking around in our everyday lives, leading ourselves, things can get wonky. Things can get out of, get, get a little cray cray, you know, and get a little cray cray. And it's like, no, come back to the word. Let's, let's get ourselves back to the word of God to get ourselves back aligned to where we need to be. And when he said, uh, we're talking about a double-edged sword or a two-edged, whatever translation you are reading. And that meant to have a double mouth like a river. So with a mouth of a river, um, the river, what am I saying? Okay. The mouth of a river, <laughs> the river meets and, and um, flows into a larger body of water. And so they're saying there are two mouths of the river. So there's like two entry points. And so I'm reading all this, all these commentators and they're just basically saying when he said a two edged sword, he was trying to say that there's not going to be one part of you that will be missed when you read the word of God. That it is actually covering the entire existence of who you are as a human. It covers the entire person. But this is the part that I was stuck for a couple days. <laughs> Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And I was like, no, wait a minute. If you need to pierce that deep to divide soul and spirit, when did they mesh together? And I was like, okay, could there be times in my life where I'm allowing my mind, my will, and my emotions to lead me to, to cause me to say things, to cause me to see things a certain way, to cause me to live not according to the way that I should, that I gotta get back in the word in order for it to bring that division to realign me back 
to cure me back to the healthy state of where I actually was intended to be. Now, because I'm a teacher by nature, I did draw a few pictures for you, okay? <laughs> We're gonna breeze through these real fast. Slide six, all right. So, I'm a teacher by nature. It just happens, it happens. And I had to do it because I had to make it make sense in my head. So, and I'm reading, I'm studying, and people have different thoughts about this, but for the conversation today, we're gonna say we, as believers, are made of three parts, all right? We have body, we have soul, we have spirit, okay? As followers of of Jesus, this is who we are. I mentioned earlier, our soul. People believe that our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotions. the spirit of God that lives inside of us as believers helps us to discern what is right and what is wrong. Okay? Next slide. So this is how I see it. Okay? This is just me. I got to go elementary for myself. Okay? So before following Jesus, everybody on this planet, we all have the same. We have a body. We have a soul. Okay? And if you go riding down Woodruff Road, You may question a lot of people, but we can agree they have a body and they have a soul, okay? What the Bible tells us is that once we become followers of Jesus is that the Holy Spirit now lives within us and this is how we're able to discern what is right and what's wrong and prayerfully we follow the one that is right, right? That is prayerfully what we do. Go to the next slide. But the scripture was saying, Hebrews 4.12, that he's piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And I'm like, well, what does that look like? So I had to make these little figures. And I'm just like, okay, you can't really see the color. You can kind of see a little bit. And so I'm like, okay. I don't want my soul to overtake my spirit. I don't want my soul, I don't want what I believe is right or because of how I feel or how a situation made me feel, I don't want that thing to be the thing that causes me to get out of alignment with what the word of God said. I want the spirit of God so I gotta get back to the word and I gotta get the word to say, okay, pierce me, Lord. And the beautiful part about it is he's such a loving dad. He will cut you good. <laughs> and I don't know about you, but I like to be cut. I, I actually, I really, I really, really do. It sounds strange. I like to be cut by the word. I like to be cut because it's making me more into being, looking like Jesus. And that's what we're here for. If I want to be on this earth, I want to live on this earth. I want to live every day that I look like him. So that means you may have to come in and cut me up a bit. But it's always for my good, right? We're going to jump to slide 10. He's a good father. And he knows exactly what his kids need. Just as much as the word can cut us (laughs) in order to cure us and bring us back to a healthy existence, he also comforts us with this word. 
Some examples of that are seen here on the screen. Looking at Psalm 147.3, he heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That verse means nothing to you until your heart's been broken. But when your heart's been broken and he comes in with that word, I heal the brokenhearted and I bind up your wounds. If someone's binding up your wounds, that's not actually a casual situation. That's actually, it takes proximity. It takes time. And it takes care. And that's comforting that he's willing to sit with us in our brokenness. He's willing to sit with us and bind up our wounds. The next one, Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. When you've been in a moment where fear has gripped you, when you feel like you are all in this by yourself, there's nobody else, here he comes <laughs> with the word that says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. But he doesn't stop there. He keeps giving promises. I will strengthen you. Until you're at a point where you feel like you are completely at a weak state and you don't know how you can go on, here comes his words to say, I will strengthen you. I will help you. And when you're like, I just feel like the bottom is about to fall out under me, underneath me, he says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And then we look at Matthew 11, 28, 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. when we've been carrying things that we shouldn't actually be carrying and it's weighing us down. He comes with an invitation to come to him and to rest. And he says, learn from me. There's so much to learn from him. There's so much to learn from him. So the word is alive, it's active, it is powerful. And what I think was kind of got me all week about this message is how much he wants to meet with his kids in his word. Like, that's the invitation. That's why we're doing the Bible study method classes, because he wants to meet with his kids in his word. So his word changes us. It cures us. 
and it comforts us. And today I went through kind of a crash course on the past couple weeks of a Bible study class along with what's the precursor for this upcoming week. Um, so we've given you a little taste of what we can go through this week um, together. And if you go to the last slide, if you shoot your phone up there for the QR code, we have resources that I'm giving everyone in the class that will help you go deeper in your studying of the Bible. They're all online. Um, there are some, I think the one at the very end, you can look to purchase, but it's actually on sale right now. The Logos Bible software is actually on sale right now. Um, but these are excellent resources that can just help you begin to take that journey to dive deeper, to get a greater understanding of what God wants to show you, how he wants to rearrange you, and how he wants to cut you in a good way and love on you. Can I pray for you? So God, we thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that it is alive. We thank, we're thankful that we serve a God who's alive, who constantly speaks to us. And we thank you for leaving your word with us. God, to show us the way, Father, to, to allow us to, God, be changed daily to look like your son. Father, and I pray that throughout this week, God, that there's something that is ignited inside of each and every one of us to want to go deeper, to want to go deeper, to hear your voice and to hear your voice in new ways that we've ever experienced before. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's talk. If you're interested in learning more about Studio here in Greenville, you can go check out our website, studiogreenville.com. And you can give us a follow on Instagram. Our handle is studio.greenville. Have a great week.